him. We're passing him around. We're he's like group of friends. We're petting him. And he's like, he's adorable. He like has his like alligator teeth, like a, like that. You know what I'm saying? And we're like, this is amazing. What an amazing alligator. This is awesome. So adorable. So we put him in the back of the Falcon, in the very back, and we drive. And my, Matt's making all these plans with his duplex. I can't have him in the house. I already have six dudes there. Can't have an alligator, two dogs, fucking roaming around trying to fetch a shit. I wanted to, so Matt decided to take him to the duplex. We get back. We back up to his garage. And that's when I realize Mr. Alligator's not being Mr. Friendly Alligator anymore. Apparently, he doesn't like riding in cars. We open up the back, and he says, I'm an alligator. Chop, chop, chop. We're like, whoa, alligator, no. So Matt, thinking quick, just opens his garage, lets the alligator go in there, three-foot-long alligator, and starts moving around couches and makes the most white trash pin and says, I will make him a proper pin. He doesn't. He doesn't ever make him a proper pen. So this alligator lives in this garage, has the full range of the garage up to like dirty burned out couch, dirty burned up couch, dirty burned up couch. Were you on board? You're on board. All right. Alligator in a garage. We're on board. So they're just shit bags. They're, they spend all their money on beer. They're working minimum wage jobs. And he goes, uh, Matt goes, well, what do alligators eat? And like I... Like, there's something about it, man. Like, when I got near the alligator, when he asked me something, he, I just took on that lag. Sounds like you got a gator problem. Like, a southern, like, southern guy. I was like, gators eat anything, don't you know? Like, just like a southern, like, southern gentleman thing. Every time I refer to the gator, that was just my thing. So, I was like, they'll eat anything. And he goes, well, I don't mean money, but we have a pigeon problem in this neighborhood. I'm just going to shoot pigeons with my BB gun. Feed them. Feed them to this alligator. And I'm like, sounds like your gator problem solved. Like I'm holding like fucking straw in my mouth like that. I'm like picking my belly button. Like I'm into it. Somewhere I get coveralls. I'm not sure where I get. It's like, I'm in there. I'm in there. You're on board of this. So they're there. Six months pass. Whatever. House party, house party. Surprisingly, Matt shows up to my house and goes, dude, we're getting evicted. I'm like, why are you getting evicted? He's like, the gator. I'm like, sounds like you got a gator problem to me. Got a gator problem. Well, apparently their landlord uh, came by to do some basic work and opened up the garage and didn't like the fact that there was a three-foot fucking alligator coming at him. That's just shit all over a garage. No cleaning up an alligator, just alligator shit, burned out couches, and, of course, the alligator. You're on board. Don't worry about it. So they start looking around, and Matt gets this, like, you know, you do, like, you know, you don't take a gun from a man. You know, you don't take, don't take a land from a man. You don't take a gator from a man. Okay? That's how that is. So Matt starts looking around for an apartment. Okay? Turns out you can't even own an alligator in the state of Oregon. That's why it was free. No apartment is going to go, oh, what do you have? A dachshund? No, I have an alligator. But he's, like, he's kind of ill-tempered. Oh, okay. No, we're not going to take him. So, you're on board. I'm on board this alligator. He gets rid. I see that. I see that. Uh, I'm wrapping it up. So <laughs> Matt uh, shows up at my house a couple of days later and goes, hey, don't worry. I took care of the gator problem. I'm like, gator problem's gone? Good. Gator's problem's gone. What happened to the gator? And he's like, I returned him back to his natural home. That's cool. So I figure like a swamp, drop him somewhere. So didn't want to kill him. He's attached to his gator. Uh, so I would, uh, every day before I'd go to work, um, there's this little convenience store with uh, a newspaper stand there. And I walk by it every day. It's got the news from that. Well, I was walking in the store a couple of days after I found out the gator. And who do I see on the front of the local newspaper 
but the gator. The gator's on the front newspaper, and it says $5,000 reward leading to the guy who dropped this alligator in a duck sanctuary. Because the gator had a taste for bird, and it was in the gator's mind. It's the best, best possible situation. Ducks. Tired? So they get rid of the gator, they pick him up, and there's a five thousand dollar reward, and there's twelve guys in a house, and we have this newspaper. We call Matt over, and Matt comes in and reads that, and he just immediately starts crying, <laughs> full grown man, and going, "Which one of you guys are gonna send me to jail? Because we're all poor." $5,000, that's a lot of cash, that's a lot of spread, that's a lot of beer, that's a lot of hams, more importantly, a lot of hams. You know what? None of us, none of the 12 people that knew about it turned to men. And you know why? Because the monetary value was only $5,000. And the fun value was like $12,000. That's for my time. All right, Pat Benjamin, ladies and gentlemen. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. 
But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> yeah. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. an underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, 
Chris here for Chisky. If you're looking for some delicious late night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside you can find counter offer, offering you amazing late night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamylicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son. and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. happy hour what could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience puppets kittens unicorns porn maybe oh well stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every friday from 6 to 8 p.m but you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at mutiny radio fm index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org so come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! You got it. I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. 
Choke Workshop. Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Yeah, you. You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Oh, uh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. Uh, I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts. You won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Podcast God, I can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool at MutinyRadio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by...
All right, it's eight-ish o'clock. It's time for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Yay! Yay! Today's show is the Book It Forward show, which means that I had no idea who was going to be booked on this show, except for the first person I booked, who was Journey Roberts. Yay! And then she booked a comedian, and then that comedian booked a comedian, and so on and so forth. And so we had a great show, which I'm really excited about tonight. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun here on Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. I hope everybody got their brownie cookie thing. Yeah, those are delicious. Uh, they will definitely uh, get you high. I love weed. It's one of my things, uh, especially when I'm having my period, like right now. I, uh, I'm having, I'm bleeding, and I like to be high for that for sure. I woke up this morning, and my cramps hurt so badly, and I was like, what is going on inside my uterus? What is happening right now with my body? And then I realized that's just because the entire Supreme Court is still inside my uterus. There's so, there's so many of them in there. There's like nine of them, and they all have benches. It's making me feel really bloated. And their big robes are all inside my uterus. Ouch! Uh, I, there was so much blood this morning, I thought I aborted the uh, ghost of Scalia. I felt really good about that. Big bloody mess uh, all over the place. Uh, and it's weird today because I'm wearing one of these old body suits. Do you guys remember these from the 80s? and they snap underneath. It is really hard to pee with these things on. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, now, I'm, now I have a little urine everywhere. This is, if there's a little spot on the back, that's because I had to pull it to the side and a little too much information for you guys here on, on the clubhouse, good times. Uh, yeah, but I, uh, I am definitely into abortion because I'm a nanny. That's, that's what I do for a living. I hang out with small children, so. Uh, I get paid to hang out with them. I don't want to have any of my own because no one ever pays you to be a parent. They don't, they don't do that. They don't give you any money to hang out with the children when they're yours. Uh, but I do, I love, I love other people's children because they pay me to hang out with them. And uh, I hang out with a lot of really s- lovely small children in the, in the uh, Tenderloin because that's where I live. So I hold hands with my little friends and, and we walk around my neighborhood and we play this great game uh, called Man or Beast. When you see a pile on the ground, you go, man or beast, man or beast. And what I learned from a four-year-old is that if it's up against a wall, it's always man. You see, they, they understand the physics at this young age. I'm so impressed. Uh, I think a lot of weird nanny thoughts, like why do babies' pants have pockets? What could the possible use of these pockets be? Why, why do we put pockets in babies' pants? They can't physically put their hands in their own pockets they can't even put their own socks on. They're like functional retards. They're like weird and like rah, rah, and they drool everywhere. They're so weird. Why, why the pockets? What could they possibly put in them? And that's when I realized that's where I put my drugs because uh, it's the only place the baby can't physically get to them. Uh, 18 months old, they understand the mechanics of zippers. So you can't put your drugs in your backpack anymore. They look, they find those every time. Little baby pulls out cigarettes. Blah, what's this, nanny pammy? <laughs> Those are cancer sticks. Stay away from them. Don't get out of my backpack. What do you? <laughs> I have to teach them how to give people privacy. That's a thing. Uh, so I, I uh, do this thing when I nanny because uh, I try to stay thin. You know, I try to stay svelte, and I do this workout called Nanny Core 2.0 because I nanny for some people on Knob Hill. So I, I put the baby in the stroller, and I start walking up the hill, and I push, you know? And I, I keep up the pace, and then I switch my arms. Oh, got to get those traps, right? Get it, yeah! And you get to the top of the hill. Wow! 
Lupita Consuela, keep up the pace. What are you guys doing? Come on, I thought we were having like a nanny meetup Groupon thing. You guys are supposed to pay me to help you guys work out. Good times. Uh, one of the things about Nanny Core 2.0 is that you get real thin because you eat half the child's food. That's all you're allowed to eat. So half a cheese stick, half a bag of uh, cheddar bunnies. What I've learned, it's, I don't get to eat very much. What I've learned is that if you're feeding a child yogurt, you have to eat your, your half first because that's gross. You don't feed the child, that they drool, every, it's disgusting. So eat your half first. Uh, today, I was hanging out with my little friend Jude, and I think he knew I was hungry because he ate half of his peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and he looked at me, and he said, Nanny Pammy, eat. <laughs> like, I'm eating half your sandwich. You already know. You're just handing it to me. I'm like, I'm putting you in the joke today. You've earned your way into a joke, Jude. You've done it. It, it, was, um, it was a bummer because last week, I took him to the Children's Creativity Museum, and I found this a new amazing thing on the third floor. It's a green screen and you get to sing karaoke in front of it. So imagine my joy and happiness when I got to sing. So anyway, they, they videotape it and they put you in front of a background and then they, they, you can put it all over the internet. And the saddest thing happened. Uh, I have over 800 views on this, on this stupid karaoke thing where I'm embarrassing a child, which is more hits than I've had on any comedy. <laughs> Thing I've ever, this was six minutes and 11 seconds of me singing Hey Jude to a kid and another kid being really embarrassed and she's hitting me the whole time and I'm like singing. I wasn't even going full out. But um, you know, over 800 views on this. No one gives a shit about the comedy, but they really love me singing karaoke. I found it's gonna make. And uh, my little friend Daria, she's like, you're really good at karaoke. Can you do that for a job? No, honey, no, you can't. Nobody, nobody likes karaoke. Except me. Um, there's no way to make money at it. I've been trying to. The, the kids are like, you're, you're amazing. You're so famous. I'm like, no, no, only because of you. Your parents have never watched one of my comedy videos, but put, put a nine-year-old there in front of a green screen with a bus behind you, and suddenly everybody thinks you're a genius. All right. We've got our comedians here. We're going to get this shit started. If you've been here before and you know the song, sing along with me. If you don't, you'll figure it out. Ah, uh, M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy, comedy. I did it too low. Together we will bring our jokes up high, 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 high. That Grand Mux cookies are so good. I-M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yeah. Yay! We have an amazing show for you guys tonight, and I am so excited about the first comedian who is booked here tonight. She's one of my favorite comedians, and especially during this political time, you guys are going to love her intelligent and amazing humor. Put your hands together right now for the very funny Journey Roberts! Yay, how's it going? I'm uh, just going to ignore this whole section for reasons you'll understand by the end of the show. Fuck all those people over on that end. It's just you two and this guy, just the three of you. That's my whole audience. How's it going? I'm a mean person. Are you guys are You guys mean at all? It's just me. I, uh, I was listening to NPR the other day, the good people at over at NPR, and I realized that I'm in favor of bullying. You guys pro <laughs> pro bullying. There's this this guy on there, and he's all super broken up. He's heartbroken because when he was 15, some kids threw him into a lake. 
So he went back to his high school reunion to tell those people he makes more money than they do. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure is why that little bitch <laughs> got his ass thrown in a lake, guys. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I just feel like bullies are just like overly enthusiastic quality control. Like if if no one had ever told you that you're boring and you smell funny, you could still be walking around like that. Someone took that bullet for you guys. Hug a bully. That's what I'm saying is yay bullies. Uh, they provide a service much maligned people. But I'm mean. I'm a mean person, uh, which I learned after I moved in with a boy person. <laughs> Didn't know that about myself. You learn these things. Uh, I hurt this boy's feelings just agreeing with him. <laughs> this boy keeps wanting to sit me down and being like, hey, no babies. I don't want any babies. I'm always like, <laughs> we're all good, Sparky. <laughs> no one's trying to trap you, dude. Like, I guess you're supposed to be more disappointed. You're supposed to be, oh, oh, no, oh. Oh, I was so looking forward to pushing your gremlins out of my cooch. <laughs> now, tragically, I have to devote myself to art, <laughs> music, and get to grips with Coppola. <laughs> Just heartbroken. Oh, no. His sperm doesn't taste special to me. <laughs> like. I could be wrong. Maybe there's 56 president floating around. <laughs> and that little ball sack of his, but I can't taste it. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Um, is anyone else in uh, love? Yeah. <laughs> like, hmm. Well, not like Wuthering Heights, but like, you know, love you, that kind of. <laughs> that level of love. Uh, <laughs> no, I love my guy. I do. Everyone loves my guy. He's the life of the party. You love the life of the party, right? I'm just saying, imagine that guy following you home. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'm saying. Uh, but I'm mean. Uh, I'm very mean. <laughs> I had no idea that the first female presidential nominee was going to be so depressing. <laughs> I, I didn't know that was going to be such, when I was daydreaming about that when I was 10, I didn't think that was just going to be such a dark, <laughs> bleak fucking, oh, democracy kind of day. Uh, <laughs> you guys, I feel like I owe Sarah Palin an apology. <laughs> Like every time that bitch was talking about the lame stream media, I was like rolling my eyes. Like this dumb bitch, dumb bitch was on something. Speaking of dumb bitches, Hillary Clinton. Uh, I know, I know the feminists are very, I don't know. I'm a feminist, like I'm a good feminist. I'm a pro lady person, but I'm like, I'm all for tits in the White House. Just not that set. <laughs> Just not that particular cunt. Like I'm all for, I'm all for pussy in the White House, right? I'm all for some vag in the Oval Office, but not that one. All the, 
all the countries that donated to the Clinton Foundation got their arms deals through. That's all I'm saying. Like, that could be a clerical error, right? Like, you, you could give her the benefit of the doubt on that one if you wanted to. Uh, I'm saying she's normalizing corruption and she's a problem. That's all. That's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like, like the Clintons just have... Like, I like Bernie because if he doesn't get into the White House, he has other shit to do. Like, he has grandkids to hang out with. The Clintons, like, they've been playing in real life Risk for 30 years. <laughs> and they have nothing else to do with themselves. Like, those two do not want to wake up in the morning and, like, do the crossword and make chit-chat with each other and squeeze orange juice. But, like, you can't give them the White House because they don't want to talk to each other. Like, the United States to the Clintons is just, like, angry birds. <laughs> do you understand? Like, that's, they don't want to look at themselves or each other, so they're just going to go ahead and run the world. <laughs> Bernie Sanders, 2020. Oh, it's too late. No one cares. Yay! I love, I love Bonnie and Clyde. Who doesn't yeah. like those two fucking criminals? Yeah. Why not? Eight more years of Bill. We did okay, right? I mean, white people did okay. <laughs> white people, white people did just fine, like we always do. <laughs> Under the Clintons. So, yay! First female president, guys. Yay! Give it up, 2016. I mean, we could have just skipped the first chick and gone straight to the first Jewish dude, but we didn't. <laughs> We, there's a long ass list, guys. Like, we, there's a whole bunch of firsts that have to happen. We don't have to go straight for the vagina. That's usually the mistake that men make. Uh, straight for the vagina. Like, you don't have to, don't have, you know, just play it cool, talk to the Jewish dude for a minute. You'll be fine. But we didn't do that. We didn't. <laughs> I am a good feminist. I promise. I promise. I like the lady people, you know. Uh, I do have woman problems, though. Do you guys have woman problems? Uh, my my woman problems are the the chicks who will tell you they're not feminists. Have you seen these children on the Twitter with the hashtag, not all men? Have you seen these cunts on Twitter with the I don't need feminism? These little bitches <laughs> with that no feminism. Every time I hear a woman say she's not a feminist, I think, well, maybe maybe some bitches really do just belong in kitchens. <laughs> Like, maybe they were right about some of us. If a woman ever tells you she's not a feminist, first, congratulations. Someone's got a, someone's got a big crush on you, and someone, someone likes the fuck out of you, and secondly, look that poor little girl right in the eye and tell her how you take your coffee. because fuck that bitch. Teach that little cunt. Teach that little cunt something in the name of feminism. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> maybe I'm not a good feminist. Maybe I hate, maybe I hate women. I, that's, it's kind of like, that's kind of where the, like, the marker is for me. Like, sometimes I try and accuse men of feminism, of misogyny, and, like, you're not a misogynist until you hate women more than I do. Like, that's, that's, that's where the line is for me, because I have my own fucking woman problems, but most dudes, like, don't even know what women are. 
so they can't possibly hate them more than I do. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way. There's no way. Like, you don't know women the way I do. Yay, first female president. Yay. <laughs> so sad. Happy, happy guys jokes. <laughs> jokes. I don't want to. How are you all? You good? You having fun? Yeah. Listening to me spew my hatred? Hi, <laughs> uh, what else? I live on a school bus. Nice. In San Francisco. What do you pay for rent, man? What do you pay? 1100. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do it. I don't, I, I lived in Denver for like five years and I like homeless people in Denver because they're committed. <laughs> They're real about it. They sleep next to frozen rivers. In San Francisco, like, even the homeless people are fucking bitches. Like, I don't... Everyone in this city should just be homeless because it takes no survival skills to be homeless in San Francisco. To be homeless in California. You could just... You could live on the beach. I know people who do it. There's nothing preventing you from pocketing that $1,100 for, like, six months and then you buy yourself a sprinter van <laughs> i'm not telling jokes at this point i'm just like i feel i feel way more i feel way more qualified than like financial advisors to tell people how to run their fucking lives <laughs> because i live in this city for nothing like this this is me being a responsible adult who's living in a school bus <laughs> <laughs> this is, I feel so smug walking around <laughs> this stupid fucking city <laughs> where people are paying like what, $1,500, $3,000 a month on rent. Don't do it. Oh, so I got my shit figured out. <laughs> school bus, that's all you need. Sometimes people ask me, are you going back to school? I'm like, no, I live in a school bus. You do not buy a school bus to go back to school. That's not, no one buys a school bus to go back to school. You buy a school bus because you hated school and you never want to see another one in your entire fucking life. Winning! That's it, that's all I got. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. The wheels on the bus go round and round. Knock, knock. Feminism. I can get my own fucking door, thanks. It's kind of the precept of feminism right there. It's a, I give it up again for Journey Roberts. Yay! So she started, I booked her, and the rest of the show is that um, she booked our next comedian, and then that comedian booked a comedian, and so on, and so on. Your next comedian is one of my favorite people. He is, he has run in the past, and he's going to be running again, the most amazing show called Bubblegum Garbage Party at Piano Fight. If you haven't been to it, you can go in July at 4.30 on a Saturday. New time, exciting stuff. Same great strange voices and uh, amazing improv comedy. He's a genius. Put your hands together right now. Clap them in a wild, slappy-like fashion for Thomas Bridgman.
Okay, so this is um, this is um, uh, an emotionally intelligent um, idiot. Okay. <clears throat> Man, KC, man, I'm glad that we hung out today, man. I don't know, like, like yesterday with my folks and like, just, I mean, this whole year with our friends at school and stuff. I don't know, man. Sometimes it feels like people who are supposed to like me the most don't, don't even want to. It's just real easy hanging out with you and like, I don't know, feels like we can talk and like we trust each other or something. I don't know. It's fucking cheesy, but mm. today was cool though, man. Oh, fuck, man. Look at the moon. Y'all think that's where they did Star Wars? <laughs> think they'd have some planetary pride and film it here. Earth America, that's what I call it. Earth America. Right. So I am. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, I wish that my alarm clock was just Journey Roberts going, "Teach that cunt." Just saying that, like it's repeated, like just that gently. I might not wake up. I might just be like, "This is perfect." Teach that cunt. Teach that. Will you do your Andrew Roberts impression real quick? <laughs> <laughs> I love it always. All right. Um, so I don't like um, most things in life. Uh, <laughs> life is a, not an easy uh, transaction for someone of my uh, make, me mental and physical makeup. Things are just tough, you know? Things are tougher for other people, sure. So the fuck what? Doesn't delegitimize de my own problems. Um, but people like to give me advice a lot. And I, <laughs> because I'm a disaster, of course. <laughs> and I just, I mean, you know, 99% of advice is fucking just garbage, right? It's not, it's useless. Because nobody can really understand what your life is like. Nobody can really understand what you're even capable of fucking doing. They can start a sentence with the words, you should. <laughs> All they fucking want. Do it till you're blue in the face. Most advice I get is about as useful to me as a fucking hole in the head. And frankly, <laughs> that's what they're trying to prevent, so they should just stop. Um, people like, people like to try and help me because I am, like I said, a disaster, and 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 I'm very open about all of it. You know, I'm very I'm very vocal about like the fact that I think about suicide all the time, and that I'm this. You know, I'm I feel fatally both narcissistic, uh, vain, uh, uh, codependent, needy, and, and also incapable of actually, you know, creating my own fucking self-esteem. I'm I am literally I'm quicksand. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm emotional. I'm human emotional quicksand. 
but I have these bright moments, you know, and I, and I treat people really well because, because I genuinely like people. I, I like everybody else more than me. You know, you can't, you can't have good without evil, right? Uh, I'm the evil quotient. Everybody else is good, and I like to, I like to let them know that. And I'm, I'm genuinely curious about people, too. I like to ask people questions. That's why on my show, Bubblegum Garbage Party, uh, I interview comics because I interview them before they do their sets because I want like I want the audience to know you know that they're not as much of a fucking shithead monster uh, uh, as as their jokes might perhaps sometimes make them out to be. That's not all of you guys, and you guys are all my friends. So I mean, I'm only friends with comics. Um, but you know, I gotta be honest. Like we're scumbags. Like it's just it's a fact of the matter. Um, but the thing is, like, the only advice I would ever actually want <laughs> is the kind you see in movies. I'm obsessed with movies. I love them. The, the worst, the worst screwball comedy you can find. Probably my favorite movie. But the thing that I always want, advice-wise is like, you know the dickhead best friend who's like a total scumbag and like really fucking foul-mouthed all the time in like a teen comedy? It's always like throwing popcorn up in the air and catching it in their mouth <laughs> while they're talking like, ah oh, man, yeah, she's crazy, don't worry about that, you know. I want that guy's advice because that guy inevitably in the 80s, uh, I'm, well let's just, let's just get down to it. My 20-year high school reunion is this year, so. I might. You might go. I might. <laughs> Cut me in half and count my rings. Um, <laughs> so anyways, when I was a kid, all the movies that I saw, like things like Fast Times at Ridgemont High and, uh, you know, the, 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 like, the teen comedy movies, uh, there was these, this archetype of this shithead best friend who gives the worst advice, and inevitably, the thing he tries to tell the like good-hearted nerd who's just in love with a good-hearted girl, and they should, you know, but she doesn't even know I exist. The friend is always like, man, you gotta have a little rhythm in your walk. And he always does this, he tries to teach him this like pimp strut thing, which like, the guy will do maybe sometimes for a second, but like usually it's just, he just got the worst advice, he disregards it and he tanks the date anyways, right? Um, I just am looking for the friend that's going to teach me how to put a little funkiness in my step. Uh, um, all right, so hey, uh, could you play that thing for me? You pump that a little bit? Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever wanted to learn how to moonwalk, but you gave up on the desires because you thought everyone who was ever good enough to teach you is already dead? Well, guess what? You're an idiot, because I'm here. My name is Tony Moonwalk, and I'm here to tell you about my three cassette system to learn how to moonwalk in and out of life. Listen, are you sick of having to tip a waitress a penny if she gives you a bad service? <laughs> That game is a little old, friend. How about you moonwalk out of the restaurant with a dump? <laughs> I'm Tony Moonwalk, and for $49.99, peace.
made to be twice. You can have three cassette tape singles. Five minutes each. Okay, I got into a lot of trouble on this one. I'll bail to you direct. Please try and figure out some way to prove to me that you're serious. Because I've been burned in the past. I might, I might want you to bring it back. I might want you to bring it back later. Just uh, depends on when I get the t the, the two to the horn. All right, you guys, uh, you guys ever heard of the band uh, Stone Temple Pilots? Yeah. STP. Uh, I'm not a fan, but uh, I needed you. I needed to know if you knew who they were uh, before I started this bit. So thank you. All right. <coughs> This beautiful boy. Give it up for Jonathan. Come out. <laughs> Handsome as the devil. All right. I didn't want to do a musical cue for this one, so I'm just going to kind of like sing a few bars. Bear with me. Take time with a wounded and good Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Tank Time with the Wounded Hands. I'm Tony Wounded Hands. Hello. Uh, joining me is my wife, Edna, Wounded Hands. Uh, in spirit only, she has passed. She's always with me. Anyways, uh, as you know, uh, Tank Time with the Wounded Hands. I'm Tony Wounded Hands. This is a show where we talk about tanks, uh, and we do it in a brief amount of time. Uh, and I am Tony Wounded Hands. Now, the name does sound as though it, it perhaps uh, Native American in origin. However, I, I, I promise you it, it is not. It is a, uh, a military-style nickname I got from some of my buddies because <laughs> uh, I hurt my hands really bad. <laughs> Later, Stokes. Uh, now, this is the show where we talk about uh, armored uh, vehicles, uh, tactical uh, personnel carriers, and uh, the ordinances that uh, are involved uh, within. Now, I assume that you are all huge fans of tanks. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to open the floor up to Q&A right away. Okay. What y'all got? What y'all got? Anybody got a question? Can I see a hand? Can I see a hand? We got a hand, and it is not wounded. Go ahead, little lady. How, how big is the gun on your tank? Well, I do not uh, myself own a tank. I have several facsimiles that I've made from garbage and things in my yard. Uh, very accurate, actually very accurate, but uh, not functional because uh, <laughs> unfortunately I am a felon and uh, I am not allowed to own uh, ordinance of that variety. All right, we got another question in the house, anybody? Q&A. Oh, we got a cute guy in the back. Come on, give it up, Q&A. Gasoline. Oh my God, this guy. <laughs> First of all, rookie question. <laughs> Second of all, I mix the two together, okay? <laughs> and frankly, <laughs> I drink that shit as a fucking smoothie in the morning, so you know? <laughs> Not really, I've ruined my stomach doing that once on a dare. Uh, Q and A, let's bring it back, Q and A. Well, we got tank time. Oh, we got a hot little gentleman in the corner. What's your name? Steve from Illinois. I'm going to call you a little cutie. What you got for me, little cutie? <laughs> Choose a weapon, a Humvee or a knife? Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> extremely rookie question once again, I want to say. Uh, 
A lot of people would say a Humvee is not a weapon, it's a vehicle. Well, they'd be extremely wrong <laughs> and extremely right because uh, you cannot blow something up from far away with a Humvee unless you, and you've been outfitted with like an, a very large hat caliber explosive tipped, you know, bazooka style gun. Which, which mine would be if I had one. Uh, however, the, the knife is the pussy's weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Rookie question. Uh, next up, Q&A. Come on, Q&A. Who we got? What we got? Anybody? This is What's the best thing to shoot out of a tank? First of all, can I get a name, beautiful? Oh, oh uh, this is Precious. Your name is Precious? Yeah. I'm going to call you George. <laughs> <coughs> Uh, what was the stupid question again? Sorry? What's the best thing to... Thank you. What's the best thing to launch out of a tank? Fire. Okay. Yeah. We finally have a non-rookie question. This is a pro question. <laughs> Professional question. What's the best thing to launch out of a tank? I'd say a goddamn political movement. That's what. <laughs> right? Uh-oh, we got a little cutie in the corner asking again. Go ahead. Yeah, um, let's get a little off topic. You had to choose between fishing or stealing Dan. What would you choose? Well, first of all, I would choose the kaleidoscopic nature of the, your voice because last time you sounded very different. <laughs> little cutie, however, I will accept that. And I will tell myself that you are a... Uh, <laughs> Perhaps a Nell style raised in the forest feral child who didn't speak until later on and hasn't quite settled on a talkie style. Uh, what was the what was that stupid question again? I'm sorry, non non rookie professional question. Yeah, if you had to choose between the band stealing Dan or fishing, dipping your pole in the water, what would you choose? I will clearly uh, choose uh, the band Steely Dan, uh, named after a uh, vibrator in the film Naked Lunch, and uh, also because I am uh, extremely allergic to fish. And by allergic, I mean just gives me diarrhea. You, what's your name? <laughs> would you, would you uh, name your tanks girl names or guy names? Good question. That's... You know what? I'll be the judge. It is tank time with wounded hands, not tank time with fucking audience talking fucking faces. All right. It was a good question. You get a pass. You get a pass. You get a pass. All right. Good question. What would you name your tank? Wait, what was the question? What's the guy's name and what's the girl's name? Would it be a guy's name or would it be a girl's name? It would be one of the middle parts. Gender is not a binary. It would be like a Terry or a Chris or a Rusty. You ever meet a girl named Rusty? Now that's a girl you want to fuck. I don't know. She gave me one minute. What should I do? Should I try and talk or should I keep doing silly stuff? Oh, I know. Play that fucking song. That was not a moonwalk because I don't moonwalk. Ladies and gentlemen, do you ever get thirsty? Yeah. Do you ever get sleepy? Yeah. 
Well, I'm here to tell you about a product known as Energy Drinks. Who here's ever heard of it? None of you have. My name is Tony Energy Drinks, and I'm here to sell you the liquid gold that'll make you go, go, go. Ladies and gentlemen, with my three cassette system, you can learn how to make, buy, and drink all the ingredients involved in an energy drink. I'm Tony Energy Drink, and you can trust what I say. Let's hear from some of my former customers. They're good. And that was true. to clomp around for a little longer. Uh, Journey, thank you for booking me. Pam, thanks for having this show in this fucking place and working your ass off and Woo! never being thanked. <laughs> or being thanked effusively from this stage, which means nothing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Thomas Bridgman, hooray! Thomas Bridgman is a funny, funny man. Uh, that, the moon, I am so impressed that you can do the moonwalk. I am so impressed. The man, he can dance, the man of a million voices, Thomas Bridgman. Clap it up again for him. Yay! So Thomas booked another one of the people who are one of my favorite people in this scene. Uh, he was, he, you can go back and listen to Feather Daddy's Harpoon Construction uh, here on Mutiny Radio. All of the index are there and you will hear this hilarious motherfucker on every single one of them. Uh, I love his work. I'm so glad he got booked on the show. Put your hands together, everybody, for Michael Taylor! <laughs> I'm not used to comedy people being so nice to me. It makes me kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> so why I think I would make a really bad lady because uh, nagging would work so well on me. Because <laughs> like, someone's like, those are nice shoes, but I don't know if they're right for you. I'd be like, I'll show him. <laughs> He'll see. Um, you guys ever uh, like to get depressed? <laughs> yeah, I get depressed sometimes, get a little down. Sometimes I get depressed. Sometimes I even uh, get so depressed, I worry, you know, I'm like, oh boy, if I died, you know, would my friends even know I was dead? <laughs> yeah, tough stuff. Dark stuff. <laughs> But I realized recently, I realized, of course my friends would realize that I was dead, because then they'd have to pay for Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Very inconvenient. <laughs> um, I grew up uh, with a lot of mental illness in my family, but not a lot of ability to like uh, contextualize it. You know, you don't have much idea of what these things mean. You know, like when I think of like representations of mental illness that I was exposed to, I would think of like the Animaniacs, <laughs> like ostensibly these are maniacs. <laughs> 
people and you actually take a closer look you know like when i i remember watching the show you know if the animaniacs uh were feeling uh particularly zany you know <laughs> they would sing a song parody <laughs> you know <laughs> and i would watch that and i would just be like man those guys are crazy <laughs> that's that's crazy those guys are crazy and then I would like look outside and my dad would just be like wailing on a tree with my little league bat you know I'd just be like that's funny I should be careful today <laughs> Or like, you know, the Animaniacs, if they're feeling totally insane-y, they'll, they'll put meat in their pants. Um, where my, <laughs> I'll wait. Where my uncle would throw away a piano because it was dirty, you know, so. Just little differences like that, but they start to add up. Um, <clears throat> I also, uh, I also grew up, uh, Mormon. I don't know if any of you guys did that. I don't really recommend it if you can avoid it. Um, there's a lot that's very different if you grow up Mormon, you know, for instance, like, uh, the talk for me, I was watching Seinfeld one day with my dad and he turns to me and he goes, so... You know what those guys are talking about? And I was like, I think so. And he goes, all right. <laughs> Job done. Talk over. <laughs> Parenting slam dunk for the day. <laughs> you know. Uh, so I was pretty confused. And, you know, I didn't masturbate for a really long time, you know, because I was uh, scared of the of Jesus, you know, that he'd be mad at me, that he'd be upset. So I didn't do it for a long time. But when I did, I didn't have a lot of information to go on, you know. Like, all I knew w was what I had learned from uh, There's Something About Mary. Um, not even the movie, just the ads for the movie. <laughs> wasn't allowed to watch that movie, you know? <laughs> but if you ever watched, even the ads kind of give it away, but if you ever watch these things, apparently when Ben Stiller masturbates, his, uh, his sperm goes up and back and around, and it's like the bullet that killed Kennedy, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> I was very nervous. And that's why when I did my thing and loaded up the craziest thing I could think of, which was ladies washing a car, um, uh, I, wore, <laughs> I wore a little paper bag over my penis, just in case. I didn't know what that thing was capable of, so it's a big relief. I am a uh, teacher. I teach the kids. 
Um, but I sometimes think that it's a little bit of a conflict of interest to be a comedian and a teacher because I have different instincts from both of those, you know? Like, uh, there's this kid the other day, uh, Jared. Uh, I was like, Jared, clean off your desk. So he uh, cleans, you know, takes the trash off his desk and also his textbooks and also his pencil and also his neighbor's textbooks and pencil, throws them in the garbage. <laughs> You know, and as a teacher, it's like, God damn it. You know, like just, okay, clean it up. You know, you knew what you were supposed to do. And he's just like, okay, yeah. (laughs) That's infuriating, right? But as a comedian, I'm like, that's pretty respectable (laughs) dedication to this bit, Jared. You're really seeing it through. (laughs) I mean, you could go somewhere with this. I don't know. You're really pissing me off. (laughs) Or like the other day, um, there's this kid, uh, Fargus, and uh, uh, (laughs) Joey. Um, These kids fight. And Fargus, by the way, looks how you would imagine someone named Fargus to look. So so anyway so uh, so we asked we asked uh, I was like Joseph you need to sit down and he's like oh ne- next to him and I'm like yeah just sit down and he goes I don't want to sit next to this fat bitch oh. as a teacher obviously it's like you can't do that what the hell are you th- you know like why would you think you could say that but as a comedian it's like. Yeah, he's pretty fat. (laughs) And he is kind of a bitch. (laughs) Like, as soon as the kid said it, he goes like, Mr. Mike, Mr. Mike. It's like, take the note, you know? Like, he's in trouble. But, you know, you can learn something from this. If you weren't such a bitch, people might not call you fat as much. You know, they might not point it out. That's, you know, it's possible. Um, it's, I'm, I'm amazed that uh, people do polyamory, you know, because it feels like if, if you, a regu- the, re- the resentment in a regular relationship was like a pinball, you know, uh, polyamory would be like a multi-ball bonus you know just stuff's flying at you all the time for you to be like but that's at least from like the all the polyamorous relationships i've seen have consisted of at least one very satisfied woman and at least one very pissy man (laughs) as it turns out if everyone's allowed to do whatever they want Ladies usually do a little bit better than the fellows do. I should, you know, like I kind of, I should be in favor of polyamory because I have those Mormon roots and stuff. But we knew that you had to give the ladies a bit of a handicap to make polyamory work for men. They had to be not allowed to actually date anybody or, uh, you know, question your will. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that made it fun for everybody. <laughs> um, 
I uh, I like uh, vagina. I think it's uh, pretty cool, but um, I kind of feel like it's not totally done from like a design standpoint. You know, like there's a lot of you know fiddling around with the pH and stuff, and it's also strange. The thing that's really strange to me about it is uh, <laughs> is like f female ejaculation. Because only some people have it, you know? It's like, it's a bodily organ. It's not supposed to have special features and Easter eggs. It's not like a DVD from 10 years ago, you know? It's supposed to be sort of regularized. Um, I was looking at Netflix the other day, and I saw they had this uh, movie out called uh, Soaked in Bleach, which, uh, yeah, it seeks to prove once and for all that Courtney Love killed Kurt Cobain. So this means that whoever made that movie uh, was watching uh, Courtney Love in any of her public appearances, you know, where she <laughs> clearly not to, and was just like, everyone thinks she's so great. Everyone thinks she's Miss Perfect, but she's not. She killed Kurt Cobain, you know? At this point, it's just like, who who cares, you know? Like, why make that? Like, for me, my opinion of her is so low that if I found out that she managed to kill the most famous person in the world while she was strung out on heroin and get away with it, you know, I would... My brother does heroin, and he can, like, barely show up to those, like, parole board meetings where they're like, hey, dude, you want to go to jail? And you're like, nah. And they're like, okay, see you later. <laughs> I give her credit. Anyway, that's my time. Uh, I just wanted to say also, just real quick, uh, I have a show coming up on Sunday at Hotel Utah. It's shame. Uh, comics come up, tell their most embarrassing stories. So please come out. It should be fun. And thank you so much, Tom. Thank you so much, Pam. You guys are the best. Michael Taylor! Go see him on Sunday at the shame thing at Hotel Utah. It's a lovely venue. The second floor is really nice. So I said at the beginning of the show, I was like, yeah, I, I, my, my pants are actually so wet that there's a spot. I, pe I peed on myself a little bit because of my... That's what, ha that's what happens when you wear an old... Uh, an old um, what are these called? A bodysuit from the 80s. You pee on yourself. That's the only thing that happens. They're terrible. I have no idea why I'm wearing this during my period. Anyways, there's pee on my seat. See that wetness right there? It's terrible. You guys, can you see from the back? Is there a little wetness on my... Yeah, okay. Pee in my pants. It was an accident. I don't know why. I think pee is funny. That's good. Uh, that was Michael, Michael Taylor. He deals with small children. I'm sure they pee their pants all the time. How do you deal with that? Yeah. I, don't, uh, I, need, I have two diapers in my, in my bag, too, and I might actually don one <laughs> later because it's a, little, it's a little wet in there right now. Your next comedian was booked by Michael Taylor, and I'm excited to see her. Uh, she runs a show on Mondays at Zoe. You're part of that? No, that's not, okay. She's, she does all kinds of shows. She's totally hilarious. You guys are going to love her. Put your hands together for Audrey Crescente. Keep it going for Pam. Yeah, no, they, uh, they gave that up to Mark Smalls, the Laugh Gang. 
and then they arm wrestled it back. And uh, yeah, it was like eight people with one show, so you never booked anyone. So I was like, nah, I'm good. Got other stuff to do. That's not a joke. That's just real life. Um, I don't know. I smoke pot. You guys know that. You do the same, right? Yeah, that guy. He's not high right now. That was a giveaway. Uh, Yeah, I like it. I don't like alcohol because I can't drink, you know? Like, I, I have two beers and then I get the spins and I gotta get like bulimic to make the pain go away. It's a horrible experience. And I asked my doctor once, like, how come I can't have more than two beers even though alcoholism runs in my family? And my doctor literally said, oh, you gotta push past the pain. You'll get there. It's a doctor in Florida for what it's worth, not a real doctor. It was a weed doctor in Florida, not a real doctor. Double fake. I don't know. I like pot, though. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I celebrate 420 every day, pretty much. It's my daily holiday. When I really want to party, though, I celebrate 845, which is uh, when I take my Lexapro. You guys ever partied with an antidepressant before? <laughs> you ever partied so hard you realize life's worth living? Hey. <laughs> Ever partied so hard you realized your parents are actually pretty nice people? Did a lot for you? Uh, that's my kind of party. I don't know. Substances, that's weird. I got I uh, got a new job. I got to rage quit in my last job. You guys know what that is? Flip off the boss in the middle of the shift. You just walk out. So freeing, so cathartic. You should do it. It's a bad economy, but you know, if you can, you should do it. You should just get a shitty Pete's job and then do it just because end up being really bad for the minimum wage workers who are your coworkers, but you know, it works out. I did it though at a place where no one else was working because they were illegally only staffing one person at a time. So yeah, just fucking close it up and leave. It was great. It was so cool because I usually just get fired um, for like the same reason every time. Three times I've gotten fired for smoking pot in the bathroom. Uh, I know in this day and age with vape pens, I can't afford a vape pen yet, you know? like. I got I get a hookup at a dispensary, but it still costs me twenty bucks, you know? Like I can't do forty. I got I gotta start like I gotta substitute teach or something if I wanna buy a vape pen. But it's weird. Like I uh the way that I would do it every time I would do it the same way. I would blow the weed smoke into the toilet and then I'd flush the toilet. Yeah. Does not work. No. I've done it about three times now, been fired each time. Does not work. Uh, fun fact about toilets, they accept solids, liquids, no gases. Just the, uh, poop and pee. Uh, I, you know what? I'm going to try it again. Jury's still out. I don't know. Maybe try it on an Amtrak train, get kicked off in the middle of Central Valley, beat up by Trump supporters. Who knows? You know, live a little. No, I shouldn't the election. That's weird. I had a lady last year with a clipboard in Berkeley and she said, excuse me, miss, do you want to put a pussy in the White House? (laughs) It was like nine in the morning and I like do this shit every night, but I still couldn't hear pussy before 9am without wincing a little, you know, like ease me into it. And like the top of the dome bullshit thing I said was as long as it doesn't smell. I don't know. (laughs) Brain go to just a hack ass smelly pussy joke. I'm not going to do much better at 9 in the morning. Nothing worse than a healthy, functioning vagina, am I right, ladies? Only use bar soap on it. I don't know. That was weird. As I was walking away, I was like, that'd be funny if she was talking about Bernie, though, man. That'd be pretty fun. Should have signed up, maybe. I think if Hillary does get elected, it'll teach 
little girls everywhere that it takes a village to r rig an election. It takes a team effort, all hands on deck. Yeah. It's weird. It's hard. All right? I went hard for Bernie, and I donated a lot of money that I could have used to buy a vape pen with. And, <laughs> you know, that $27. And uh, it's hard when someone raises your standards so high. Like, it's like, I can't go back down to what it used to be. Like, it's like you date a guy who actually has the decency to wash his hands before he fingers you. You're not going to go back to dirty fingers. <laughs> It's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna ever date a gardener ever again. Just gonna, I don't know why it shows. That's the most obvious one. They they actually are pretty clean people. Organic? No. I don't know anything about that. I'll be real with you. I don't. I don't garden. I don't know. I get mad dogged on the street by dudes all day. That's part of my life. That's fun. You get the old mad dog. It's like most dudes, they look at you, you look at them, they look away. It's the polite thing to do. They had their moment, but like 2% of the dudes keep fucking looking. They keep looking. They keep fucking looking. From across a train or whatever, you have to have a hood, you got to do whatever. It's predatory, you know? And for some reason, the way that I react is not like a lot of women. A lot of women just like, oh, sorry, or something. I don't know. Maybe I was dropped a lot as a kid. I don't know why I react this way. I react like a homophobic straight dude walking through the Castro. You know? Dude, dude locks eyes with me, and I'm just like, what the fuck you looking at, bro? You know? Like, too aggressive. Like, my, my dick's for the bitches. You know? I don't know why that comes out. That part's a mystery. It's weird. People told me, you're too aggressive, you're too aggressive for a woman, in parentheses, of course. Too aggressive, too aggressive that for two months I was like, am I transgender? Like, I literally thought I might be transgender, and then I realized, like, no, I'm a regular lady with self-respect. I'm just a regular, <laughs> regular, run-of-the-mill lady with as much self-respect as a mediocre white dude, pretty much. Got loads and loads of it. Mmm. My mom actually told me when I was little that when a dude's looking at you for too long, he's crafting a fantasy about you. A fantasy is playing out in his mind, and you gotta disrupt the fantasy. It's on you. Like, she was a runner, she'd be out running all the time, and she would drag me along, and um, I don't like it, I don't do it. And she would drag me along, and she would point out cars full of men, just like, you know, mad dog, and, and she'd be like, there's, a, there's like a porn playing out in their minds, and you got a starring role, baby. Like, I was like eight. It was horrible. And she t the way that she said that, she said you have to disrupt the fantasy. And the way to do that is by aggressively spitting or picking your nose. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what it's like going for a jog with your mom as a little kid and seeing her aggressively picking, digging for bats in the cave at a car full of men, just laughing their asses off? Totally did not work. I think they might have been into it. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't disrupt fantasies anymore. I just live out my own. Dude locks eyes a little too long. Just go, you know, again, what the fuck you looking at? But I, why aren't you smiling while I tase him over and over and it works? It's, it's more truthful than funny, honestly. I'm waiting for my first tase. I really am. I just got a taser for my birthday. I can't wait. Oh. <laughs> A guy, a guy was like mad dogging me in a pizza joint, and then I was like, "What are you looking at?" You know? And he was like, "You." I was like, "Stop!" You know? 
And he's like, you're lucky I don't fucking kill you. And I had my taser in my bag, and I was just like, mm, you're, l- you're lucky. <laughs> you're lucky. I want to do it, though. I need to get the courage. I need to gather the courage. I wanna, I'm going to take a guy's wallet. I'm going to do that. I'm going to tase him. I'm going to take his wallet. That's not a joke. That's just what I'm going to do. Just planning some shit out in front of you guys. Sorry about that. I'm angry. I'm always angry. I'm an angry person. I don't even have any bit for that. You guys, if you know me, you know I'm just perpetually angry. Got a lot of rage. Got a, got some depression going on. It's pretty fun. Depression. The best part, I learned this though recently, the best part about growing up with an alcoholic, uh, you get to file your taxes as a codependent. Didn't know that. Life lessons all over the place. I don't know. You know, I don't hate all men though, obviously, right? I don't hate all men. Like, yeah, there's some good dudes. There's some horrible and shitty dudes, but there's some good dudes, right? You know? It's hard to, it's hard to drink the liberal Kool-Aid sometimes, you know? Mostly because it tastes like kombucha, you know? Why are we drinking that shit? It's disgusting. Man, if a dude, if dudes are going down on me all the time, it's going to be hard for me to hate them. That's all I'm trying to say. And it's a humble brag because I don't have to ask for it. I got into a cab once in Chicago where I used to live, and, uh, and the cabbie actually says to me, I will give you $20 if I can eat you out. Satisfaction guaranteed. Ah. Yeah. Oh. A men's warehouse motherfucker. Satisfaction. What? <laughs> like, I'm not buying a suit. <laughs> trying to get home. I'm depressed. Oh. It was weird, though. I was like, satisfaction guaranteed, yet you're going to give me $20? Like, what is that, a deposit? Like, <laughs> like, if I come, do I have to pay it back? Like, how does this work? And I'm not witty enough in the moment. All that came to mind was just like, dude, not what I meant when I said go downtown, dude. Not <laughs> what I meant. Some got lost in translation. I don't know. I jerk it. You guys jerk it? We'll go there. <laughs> I'm so sick. We'll go there. I can't laugh without coughing. It's sad. I can't jerk it without laughing. No, nah, I don't know. Uh, I, d- I jerk it. I just, I don't jerk anything is the problem. I just really like saying I jerk it. It's fun. It sounds fun. Monosyllabic. Like, we don't have that as women. We don't have anything that short and succinct, you know? Like, uh, someone shouted out once, diddle your skittle. Fun. That's fun. <laughs> Too many syllables, you know? I want the, what the dudes have. You know, jacking it, whacking it, smacking it, attacking it. I want that. I want that. That's so cool. I'm trying to propagate jam in the clam. I like that one. Just want to be able to say I was jamming it and have no one think I was at a fish concert, pretty much. <laughs> That's all I'm looking for. It's weird that someone shouted out once, flick your bean. Flick your bean. <laughs> Which is weird. I don't know where the bean, I mean, the bean's the clear. I don't get it, but the, here's the thing. I'm not flicking anything. I'm not, no flicking going on. You know what I mean? I'm not bullying my clitoris in the fifth grade, you know? <laughs> like, that's not our rapport. It's not our, rela- like, fucking nerd. I don't do that. I do give her wet willies, though. Ew. <laughs> I'm going to end on that note. I actually am. I've been, I've been Audrey. Give it up for Pam. <laughs> Audrey Crescente. Hooray, hooray. We are moving right along on this Book It Forward. So Audrey booked 
an amazing comedian. He runs a show on Wednesdays at the Black Horse, uh, which is a really awesome, weird bar. It's tiny and it's constantly full because there's only like, you can only fit eight people in there. So it's really great. Um, He's totally hysterical. You guys are going to love him so, so much. Uh, Almost as much as I do. I love it. Every time I see him, it's been too long since I've seen you. I haven't gotten a hug in a while. Put your hands together for Brandon Stokes! What's up, bitches? (laughs) Y'all might not like me today, all right? She said you're going to love me. You might not. You might... You just might not. Uh, first off, uh, give a round of applause for Audrey, last comic you just seen, right? She's a, she's, she's a dope person. She's awesome. She actually booked me for the show. If you were to see us on Facebook, it's just her like, stop calling people bitches. And I'm like, well, some people are bitches. And we somehow managed to be cool after all of that shit. <laughs> Eric, fine, I don't know. All right. Any Hillary Clinton supporters here? First of all, I don't vote, all right? (laughs) First of all, I don't vote, so it doesn't really matter what my opinion is, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, all right? Uh, Any Hillary Clinton supporters? Don't say anything, all right? (laughs) I don't think that it's fair for Hillary Clinton to be the first uh, lady president after Obama was the first black president. Alright? Here's why. Because Obama was fucking amazing. Right? Like, I don't care about, like, the politics, but the show, it was awesome. It was like, it was like hope changed the world, and everybody felt good about that shit, right? He was great. Like, if he was a WWF character, it's like Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, easily, right? On the other hand, Hillary Clinton's like, Mark. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that, yo? <laughs> Like, the bar is set here. Like, yo, Obama, fucking amazing person. It was like him, like Michael Jordan. Well, Michael Jordan kind of fell off somehow, right? All you see is pictures of him crying, and that's a goddamn shame, right? He was fucking your airness, and now nobody likes him. All he had to do was one thing every decade, and he'd be good for the rest of his life. <laughs> Right? He was fucking Michael Jordan. He fucking dunked from the free throw line and no one likes him anymore. All he had to do was make like a Wendy sandwich with like extra bacon or some shit. <laughs> and people would be like, yeah, we love Michael Jordan forever. But he's that big of a piece of shit that he went too long without doing a good deed for America. So fuck him. <laughs> I don't know, man. Hillary Clinton being president is like they just took like a, a bench player from the MVP from the NBA and made him the MVP or some shit. And I don't know. I don't think it's fair because I feel like the bar is too high. He's like all light skin shit. Like you know, I don't have to say that, but you know, white people just like him better. It's fine. <laughs> Right? He was black enough for like white people still like him. Right? He was fucking 
tread that line. I don't know. I just would. I just think if 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 women get to have a president as shitty as Hillary Clinton, we should get a do-over, and we should just get a dude who's in the White House like. Hey man, I just think niggas need more weed and I don't eat pussy. <laughs> I just think so, so it could be attainable to everybody. You got this every person pants suit having motherfucker. <laughs> Alright, that's my rant. I, just, I don't joke about it. It just makes me angry. <laughs> it just makes me angry. What how fucking how fucking much of a four out of a ten person can you get? <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody see that gorilla thing that happened where they killed the gorilla to save that kid? Uh, anyone think they should have killed the gorilla? No. 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 We hate children. No. Children are gross. San Francisco, we're a bunch of assholes. Let the gorilla eat the baby's face. No. What the fuck is that, people? I don't understand. Me, personally, guess what? I killed 200 gorillas to save that baby. Now, about that. I like children, right? I like them. At some point in my life, I'll have myself, like, two kids back-to-back if everything works out. And then when I get to eight or nine, I'll adopt two more, and I'm just going to play with my kids all goddamn day. That's the dream for me. I love children. I'll kill all the gorillas, right? Uh, some people were like, well, I don't think they should kill the gorilla. It might, it was the parents' fault. And that is true, whatever. Yeah, the parent did a bad job. Uh, you know who did a good job? Uh, that sniper. <laughs> All right, check this out. I work at a place, I pack bongs. Right? I pack bongs and I ship them off. They pay me good money. It's awesome. Sometimes I'll sit at a computer and I'll wait for an order all day. And then, like, I'll fall asleep and wake up and there's 30 orders of fucking bongs to pack, right? <laughs> this guy's been working at the zoo probably like 10 years, right? <laughs> 10 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock in the afternoon. For 10 straight years, guess what? No gorilla to shoot, right? The very second a fucking kid crosses over the threshold, bow, headshot. What the fuck? Right? How good do you have to be to do that shit? Give that guy a fucking raise, right? Right? He's sitting at a sniper the whole goddamn time. The whole time he's sitting at a sniper. People are like, hey, yo, Bill, you've been here for a very long time. You want me to watch a sniper while you grab a coffee? And he's like, fuck that shit. I have to do my job. <laughs> like, this dude... This dude, at one, this dude is like, uh, at one point, was like a trained military personnel, right? He's a trained military personnel, trained to snipe. And then one day, he left the military, and then he got his job at the zoo. People were like, hey, man, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm at the zoo now. He's like, oh, cool, are you a zookeeper? He's like, hell no, I'm still sniping. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 
I don't know if the case was he was just really good at it or if like maybe 15 years ago one got away and he was like, I'll never let this happen again. <laughs> uh, have you guys ever heard of uh, this campaign called it's, uh, it's Ask Not Axe? No? These guys have, these guys, she hasn't. Uh, here, I'll, huh? I'll explain it in a nutshell. Yeah, it's just uh, white people being racist. <laughs> but like it's ask, not ax, right? Like they, they put it on billboards in Missouri and shit, like they really needed to go that far for it, right? It's ask, not ax, like what the fuck is that about? I don't know. Uh, I do have to say though, as a comic, it's a pretty good joke. <laughs> Right, it's about the subtle nuances and shit, right? They had to pay attention to get his ask not asked. You could go your whole life without ever fucking acknowledging that, but they got it, right? Like if I was to be, if I was a dude and I was just like pissed off at a white person, I'd be like, fuck you, you crack ass motherfucker. What are you gonna do? Cry yourself to sleep, listen to Fleetwood Mac. You didn't expect me to know that shit. <laughs> right, uh, what it's done is, it's made me very self-conscious whenever I fucking, you know what I'm saying, when I go about into the world and white people correct my grammar because I don't know if they're being helpful or racist, <laughs> right? Like uh, I went into Starbucks once and a white lady was ordering a cappuccino or something in front of me. She was like, uh, can I get a vanilla bean, mocha, something, something, latte, something? And then they gave it to her, and it came up to me, and I panicked. I didn't know what I was doing there anyway. So I just go, oh, yeah, I'll just take what she's having. I'll take a vanilla bean mocha something, too. Uh, also, could I get two shots of espresso? And the lady looked at me. She goes, actually, sir, it's Askespresso. <laughs> Uh, she never did it again because I shot her in the face. <laughs> I like when people laugh at that because they indicate that you know that it's a joke and that I'm not out here shooting white ladies at Starbucks <laughs> and somehow just miraculously making it on stage just to talk about it. <laughs> I'm not a rapper, y'all. <laughs> right? Um, I talk like silly shit about like white ladies from time to time. Uh, but one day I, when I went out, I actually bought a fizzy water and an iced coffee in the same day. And I was like, oh shit, I think I might actually be turning into a white lady, <laughs> right? Uh, as I was getting my iced coffee, there was a dude, he walked into the coffee shop, he was butt naked and he had like a do-rag wrapped around his dick. I appreciate a person who appreciates how funny a do-rag is, <laughs> right? He's like butt naked, like it's something about city ordinances, they weren't gonna like turn him away. He was like a regular, he does this on Hay Street. And uh, I was getting it and then I was like, oh man, my first day as a white lady uh, out here getting sexually harassed. <laughs> I got one minute, so I can't really finish this joke. It's pretty, all right, all right, fine. Uh,
So I have to say, as a white lady, all right? White men, white men, white men, you gotta cut, you know, cut that shit out, right? You're just talking about white men. It's fucking corny, all right? If you got a problem with white people, it's never just white men, right? It takes a white woman to make white people, and there's not a shortage of white people at all. That's one thing it's not. They just fucking keep making white people, so stop acting like it's just them, right? Here, here's the thing. Here's why talking shit about white men is fucking corny. Because white men have been losing for a very goddamn long time. <laughs> all right, here I'll put it to you like this, all right? At one point, white men used to own people, right? I'm not saying that you want to do that. I'm saying that now all white men do is walk around and check your shirts and go, really? That's a fucking long shot, dude, right? All right, white men, couldn't own people at this given time, right? If slavery came back in the time, guess what? Nine out of 10 times, that's gonna end up in my favor, right? Like if they were just to bring me to a person's house and they'd be like, hey man, well, here's a slave. They they close the door and I'd just be like, I'll pick cotton out of aspirin by the nigga and i kick him in the chest, <laughs> right? If my mom were to call me, she'd be like, how's things going? I'd be like, um, they just reinstalled slavery in San Francisco and shit's fucking awesome. <laughs> hey, hang up real quick and let me give you a Snapchat of this white family I keep in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't really know. I don't have like an ending for that joker or anything. <laughs> But every time I do that shit, it's always like, like, like a lot of times I'll do that shit and then some white dude will like look at me like out the side of his face and be like, really dude? And I'd be like, what, you wanna try it, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Thanks, Pam. It's a small, I, I just imagine a small white family living. I only can imagine people living in the closet because you live in a place where people live in closets. That's just, that makes sense to me. There's a small white man living in a closet in your house. So I don't know if you own him or not, but uh, good times. That was great. Uh, Brandon Stokes. So Brandon Stokes booked our next comedian who is one of the most unusual and unique comedians here on the scene. I love it every time I get the opportunity to see him do his thing and yell and be hilarious. Put your hands together, everybody, and love him up so much. It's FC Sierra! It's, I think, two-thirds of a beer drank by Siobhan. So I don't know, yeah, I don't know. I, it's hard to give away a beer when you don't know the diseases the person that was drinking the beer had. But at the same thing, at the same time, if anybody wants that, you can get a cold or something like that. That'd be great. Uh, it's nice to be here today. Uh, I'm not gonna say very many funny things. Don't worry about it, guys. Don't don't stress laughing, it's okay. Uh, I don't, this is this is my life right now. Like I, I don't know how to get to enjoy these parts of this existence. I get like I have a girlfriend. 
Love her. She's great. She's great. We've been going out a while now. But, like, she doesn't know different parts of my life. And I don't know if I'm ready to show her. Like, we've been going out for a while now. She still hasn't met my parents or the dude I'm fucking. Like, she knows so few things about me. I, I love her. She's great. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, had sex the other day. That was not impromptu Saturday sex. One of those you're both wearing. You're both wearing the house clothes. I'm wearing a, a long tee that I wore in high school. We ended up having impromptu sex. She was on her period, and now I have like a triangle rust mark on the the. I I don't know how you guys follow the moon, but this is just how we have gotten to love. We exchange fluids now. It's lovely. It's great. But I, I'm a snot guy. I'm a snot rag guy. I'm always I'm sneezing. I'm snot rag. I throw it on the side of the bed. Sneeze, snot rag, throw it on the side of the You run out of snot rag sometimes. Anyway, the other day, we had sex, uh, got finished wiping her down, uh, got discarded the, the discard. I, the point, I, later in the day, I'm not sure if I came on the sneeze rag or I sneezed on the cum rag, but either way, the stuff I got on my face was not my favorite combination of fluids I ever gotten. It's like, these boogers smell delicious. Oh my God, so clean. Bleach-like. Uh, by the way, uh, do you guys walk down this street ever? Uh, when you pass here? All right, this is m maybe more of a, it's, it's a semen smeller. Do you walk down that street and like for two seconds you're like, is that cum? Is that cum right now? And it's not, it's just detergent. That's, that, that's what life, that's the, uh, Come as a cleanser is what I'm saying. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, this this country's changing, man. Uh, directly outside right now, 2016. This country's changed. People are in a total rush now. Like I, right outside there, right now. You look inside that driveway right next to us. There is a used condom. Like how much of a hurry was that guy in that he couldn't take the condom off while he was, he had to do it while he was walking. What an amazing multitasker, shit. The last time I was here, uh, true story, the last time I was here about two, three weeks ago, I was walking down the street over there to get my night wine. Uh, as I was going to get my, my sleep wine, uh, there was a couple. You see PDAs now, and it, like I'm not used to seeing them in public anymore. Like People keep that shit, like, we'll do PDAs in private, take a picture, put it on Facebook, 80 likes. It's like, fuck you, Molly. I don't want to, I'm not, uh, no like for that. But I, I, I respect it sometimes. I saw this. PDA thing, it was beautiful. It was a, a woman and a man, uh, and they were having a perfect 2016 conversation. The guy says, I don't know if I could do that. She says, well, you're gonna have to try if you want. He says, what do you want me to do? Get my top two ribs taken out just so I could do it? And she said, well, if you want to be able to do that, you're going to have to be a lot more flexible. And then they walked away. And I was like, wait a sec. Is that lady about to convince her boyfriend to get his own ribs removed so he could suck his own dick to better their relationship? Oh my God, women are dominating 2016. This is like their best year on record. If I see that lady talking to my girlfriend, I'm going to punch her in the neck. My God. 
don't worry guys, it's not gonna get funnier, but it's gonna get more energetic, so it's gonna be okay. Uh, by the end, I'm gonna be screaming, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be mildly funny. Either way, uh, I've uh, got out of the sandwich game. I used to be a sandwich, sandwich man. Just, just making sandwiches, you know, wondering where it all went wrong. And that was my life for a year and a half. Uh, and now I'm changing over. I'm a substitute teacher. I'm a licensed substitute teacher in the state of California, accredited. Uh, Michael does it too. It, it's an interesting, I've only experienced it one time now. I did the one three and a half weeks. And I did the one, but it's, people ask me, how'd you become a substitute teacher? It's like, how did I recognize that I could be a substitute teacher? Other people that do comedy are substitute teachers. I know those people. I'm like, I could fucking get that job for sure. Uh, but how did I do it? Uh, and the answer is one day I was on the internet uh, and I was pretty high. And then six hours later, I was an accredited substitute teacher in the state of California. I take care of kids. They're cool. Uh, I had my, my one experience a few weeks ago. It was actually before I left my sandwich job. Uh, it was a midweek. My off Wednesday day went to a middle school in Oakland. It was actually pretty cool. The kids were like studying science, biology. Uh, everybody's there. It's just give them the textbooks. Make sure they don't murder each other with these textbooks. Job done. Way to go, guy. I'm like, I've done that several times. I could do this. So I go up there. Kids are reading the books. Kid comes up to me midway through class. He's like, excuse me, dude. I got a question to ask you. Everybody says tomatoes are a fruit because tomatoes have seeds. Bananas don't have seeds. Are bananas a fruit? I was like, fuck, that's a good question. Oh, my God. Uh, all right. And so I, I decided I'm going to use a tool that I learned about when I was a kid. Uh, and I went on that thing called Google. And I asked Google. I was like, hey, Google. I don't know why I always type it in. Hey, Google, are bananas a fruit? And I got back the wiki, it was like three pages of Wikipedia shit, footnotes, I was clicking, it was amazing, I was, uh, all this information, came back to the class, they didn't even remember about the question, but I came back, I was like, hey class, have an announcement to make, turns out after looking at all the facts, information, analysis given to us at this point in time in history, in 2016, we happen to know that technically a banana is a leaf. And then from the back of the class, I heard, technically, you're a faggot. <laughs> that is how the kids in the cl class responded, too. And I got mad. So I walked up to this 12-year-old Vietnamese girl. And I said, listen, young lady, <laughs> technically, that's a theory, OK? It hasn't been confirmed yet. All right? It's a theory. My mom thought so once, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, this is a man melting down. I don't know. I'm hot. I'm hot right now. I'm melting down. I'm melting. I don't, I don't know about my life. What am I? Every, almost every day I go to the bathroom, I poop corn. I don't eat that much corn. Like, I don't even know. And it's always, it's full corn. I no idea where it comes from. Three weeks ago, I shit out four whole corn cobs. Amazing. Mystery solved. Your body is a miracle, guys. Worst thing I ever said. Um. Uh, you know, moving on. I'll do it. Do you guys respect actors? Do you respect actors like the craft of acting, sir? What it takes to be a person in your life for like a moment at a time. Become a different person for other, mo like crystallized on film for everybody to see forever. It's amazing to me. Uh, do you have a favorite actor? One, two, 
three. Nobody can do it in three seconds. That's that immediately. Nobody fucking does it. This is this is too, this is our life generation. Like I don't know when you were born. I'm gonna be 19 years old in a few months. I don't know what to do with my life. Uh, but well, this is our like we're. We Netflix and chill all day. We're 32 years old. We're having our adult coloring book parties. Have a fucking opinion, folks, okay? I have a favorite actor. I don't know if you guys know about him, uh, non-cinephiles that you are. Uh, multiple Oscar winner Daniel Day-Lewis. You guys know about this guy? He's amazing. Have you seen Lincoln, sir? Of course. Of course this guy hasn't seen That's a f Some people make movies. Steven Spielberg made a fucking monument, all right? Watch it. I'm sorry. Uh, has anybody seen Lincoln? Anyway, it's great. Fucking, it's great. It's like he's Lincoln. Like, I don't know Lincoln, but it's like he's Lincoln. He's so, like, if you guys didn't know this, Daniel Day-Lewis, method actor, so committed to the craft of acting that he will live in a role as a different person for months before a movie even shoots just so he could be that much more authentic when the movie actually films. Like, you called him up a year before Lincoln came out. He's still filming the movie. Here's his cell phone ring. He's like, what is the meaning of this contraption? He forgot about phones, guys. He's that good. I was talking to my mom about this the other day. I was at my mom's house. I was like, Mom, you fucking believe how good Daniel Day-Lewis is? Oh, my God. It's like he's Lincoln. She said, yes, he's a very talented actor. Uh, you should see him in some of his other films, perhaps Gangs of New York, There Will Be Blood, My Left Foot, The Boxer, even Last of the Mohegans. I was like, uh, yeah, that's a good point, Mom. And then I realized I wasn't even talking to my mom. I was talking to Daniel Day-Lewis preparing for his next role as my mom. It's amazing. He's committed. So good. You guys should check it out. 2016, Daniel Day-Lewis and My Little Mexican Mother. It's going to be pretty great. <laughs> Commitment to the craft. I got to get back to 40-year-old boobs, guys. I got to get back to 40-year-old boobs. That is what I'm heading back to tonight. Uh, Mid 40s, they're, they're decent, they're, they're nice mid 40s. I love that, you know, Journey started off with the political statements uh, and I didn't want to continue on. I wasn't gonna get up here and be like, it's the Oval Office, not the Ovary Office. I'm not gonna be that guy, I'm not gonna say that. I, this is my, 2016 40 year old boobs. Okay, that, vote, write it in the candidate of the year, it's amazing. I love them now. My girlfriend, she is in her mid-40s. We don't know what year it is because she f stopped counting after 39. We just know it kept going. Anyway, she's great. Uh, her boobs are beautiful. They are separate entities, each better than the next. They're like two separate meals, the mountains changing over time. They are beautiful, like mid-20s boobs, they're nice. I saw them a few years ago in person. I saw them a few days ago through a computer screen. They're great, I love them, they're amazing. They're perky, they're, they're, they're you know, all they look like they're made in a fucking factory though, okay? They look like the same boob. I don't like that anymore. Like I don't want, like my girlfriend's boobs each have their own different meals. Her right boob looks like an ostrich egg, like a nice big egg. You cooked it sunny side up, you threw it against the wall, the, like the yolk kind of cracked, like the nipple spills in the rest of the boob. It's beautiful. The other boob, the other boob looks like a pepperoni pizza, like a large, large pepperoni pizza. You had one slice of pepperoni, you stuck it in the middle of the pizza, you stuck the pizza in a box, you stuck the box in your car, you drove around a windy road for like 45 minutes, like the nipple is always sliding, it's never in the same it's like a googly eye. It's amazing. What I'm saying is boobs get better with age. Uh, they're like a character actor. It's like uh, Meryl Streep Oscar nominated Paul Newman's own recipe titties. 
And that's what I'm voting for, guys. I just want to say, uh, before I get off here, uh, thank you to whatever book me. Uh, and, uh, and the person I respect most in this room right now is you, Michael Taylor. Yeah. Uh, I have to admit, I grew up a conservative boy, a socially conservative boy. Uh, so I have to say that my discomfort right now, like, there's, an, there's another man in the neighborhood I used to live in had the most beautiful pedicures on his feet every time I saw him. But every time I saw him, I was like, this guy's wearing fucking sandals? Not in my city. Like every time, it's not the it's not the nails, it's the sandals that I'm like, how does he have that confidence to just throw his toes out into the ring? What I'm saying is uh, every, every time the summer comes, I feel like I could smell the world's feet. Have a good night. FCZ era, smelling the world's feet one pair at a time. In Birkenstocks, you can smell the Birkenstocks all day long, so much fun. Are you guys ready for your closer? Yeah! Uh, so FC Sierra booked a comedian, uh, one of the funniest lady comedians here in the Bay Area. You guys are going to love her. Clap wildly for Nicole Love! Yay! Lovely. Lovely. I, I'm so glad FC brought up movies, because uh, that that's exactly where I want to start. Um, slavery's having a big, a, a big moment right now. Um, you know, the movies, the TV shows, there's a new Roots. Matthew McConaughey put on a shirt to free some slaves. It's pretty fucking awesome. I mean, like, on the list of things, we have to make at least two movies about every year. Like, slavery's now number two. It's uh, Holocaust, and then slavery, and then like shark-related disasters. <laughs> right now, slavery is doing better than sharknadoes, sharkalanches, that's a shark avalanche, um, shark quake, that has to do with shark tectonics, uh, <laughs> Shark sand, that's like quicksand with sharks. Shark Trina, that's when the sharks break the levees. That's like doing better than all of those things. And there's a lot of ways to feel about it, you know? Like, on the one hand, all these slave movies and not one decent rom-com starring a fem black female CEO. But on the other hand, I'm feeling like this is a great business opportunity for me. Um, I'm already up for a great part um, in a genre-bending reality show called Real House Slaves of the Plantation. Um, it's a reality show that somehow takes place in the past. Um, been told it's like a pre-Civil War bad girls club. I'm really optimistic about it. No? Okay. Man, yeah, everyone is talking about politics. I guess that's the season. 
I was really upset that Bernie Sanders is out of the race because who's going to end racism now? Uh, I saw that on shirts. He was definitely purported to end racism. Um, but you know what? I have lived in the Bay Area my entire life, and I have to tell you, he was not going to end racism. Um, I can say that with confidence because the Bay Area is on the cutting edge of everything, including racism. Um, our racism is what racism's gonna look like in Georgia in 20 to 30 years. Um, it's, it's true, like people are trying to get Confederate statues out of their playgrounds and like, I'm just wondering if the guy who looks like, you know, like a okay Cupid profile pic of Ben Franklin, a uh, guy this, and he, he, I meet, meet this guy on BART, and he just keeps telling me over and over again, tie your shoes, tie your shoes. You know, I have to wonder, you know, if he's really concerned or if this is some kind of like patriarchal power play or something like that. And should I confront him? about this? Should I confront this man? What if it turns out he's Portuguese? Is that still white? I'm very, very confused. I'm working on that, sorry. Ugh. I'm so glad we can all be here tonight together in this open space because I feel like so much of the world is just like circles that I cannot penetrate. I don't know if you guys feel like that, like it's just like a bunch of just drum circles and knitting circles and all kinds of circles I can't get into. I even, uh, I, I live by Lake Merritt and I saw like a big group just a big giant group of white people all sitting in a circle. They had three Asians on the outside of the circle. Uh, I don't know what that was about. And I was just wondering what the hell is that, you know? What was that? Like, was this like, is this like a team building exercise or um, is it like, I think it's like a gentrifiers meeting maybe or all coming together to, form a giant circle in a public space and figure out how to be less intrusive. Um, maybe not. I think it's one of those, uh, um, have you heard of an info seance? It's an info seance, like where you just everyone comes together to sit in a circle and meditate on a single thought and figure out, you know, all the information you can about it without typing it into a search engine. I think it's one of those. I think they were trying to figure out who Mac Dre is. <laughs> I don't know. I see things. I see things everywhere. Have you guys seen all hoverboards, you know? Hoverboards. Segways with no shaft. Shaftless segways. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, just, you know, the appearance of levitation coming right at you at 15 miles per hour. Intriguing. Well, when I first saw these things, I only saw black people riding around on this. 
It's true, I only saw black people. I took very detailed observations. I only look at what black people are doing and no one else. But only black people were riding around on these things. And there was pages on, on pages on World Star dedicated to people falling off uh, of these things. So if you don't believe me, believe World Star. Um, but anyway, I just thought, what the hell is this? This is the oddest reparations project <laughs> I've ever seen. So strange, from casinos to hoverboards, America has a very strange way of saying sorry. <laughs> like, not at all, not at all. But then, you know, a, a few months pass by, Christmas comes around, and now everybody wants to get one. Everyone needs one of these hoverboards, and just before they could buy them, the batteries started exploding, setting the hoverboards on fire. So I see what this really was. It was the Tuskegee experiment <laughs> of hoverboard technology. Very disgusting, disappointing, but a brilliant comparison, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Hi. Oh. 